0: Welcome to The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a very full and happy life.
1: And I'm Chelsea. I have a passion for helping people to put themselves first and to be the best versions of themselves each and every day.
0: We came together to create The Wellness Hub, which is an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, support, and offers you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. We hope that by providing a space to share tips and tricks that we help people with chronic conditions to thrive and live the lives
1: they've dreamed of. This show is not only for those who live with a chronic illness or disability, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. Our goal is to normalize having a chronic condition by sharing real stories with real people, and show the world how relatable these everyday struggles can be. There's a little something in here for everyone.
0: And a special shout out to our community, The Wellness Hub. Thanks to your contributions, we are able to provide flexible work opportunities for Spoonies, to donate to our nonprofit Spoonies Unite, which helps provide wellness treatments for those who need it, and supports us in our endeavors. To learn more, visit the
1: show notes. Enjoy the show.
0: Hello, everybody. We have a fantastic and completely unique episode coming to you today with Mandy Thomas, who is the CEO of Intentionally Wealthy Coaching, and she's a financial coach. By age 26, she had already saved 250 k $250,000. She helps people who make good money but don't know where it goes to keep more of it. In her coaching process, she guides her clients to gain clarity with their finances, make progress on achieving their goals, and feel financially safe and secure. The average amount of debt that Mandy's clients pay off is around $28,000. She empowers her clients to improve their finances so they have more options, opportunities, choice, and freedom in their life.
1: We were so excited to get Mandy on the podcast, not only for her financial tips, but she understands what it's like to have health struggles. And for Randy, a lot of her health struggles were caused because of the emotional struggle that she had when it came to money. And so she talks through that. She completely understands what it's like to have major brain fog, to have to spend money on doctor's visits and supplements and medication and treatments. And she gives some really, really great tips to be able to start off changing how you're viewing your money, as well as to how to kind of transform what you do with your money going forward, even if you have a limited fixed income. So we hope you enjoy the episode. And if there are any questions that you still would like Mandy to answer, please send them to us and we will either connect them with, connect you to her to answer those questions, or maybe we'll bring her back on the podcast for a little bit more. So let us know. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Welcome to today's extra special episode. We have not dived into the real life of finances yet, but we have financial expert Mandy Thomas with us us here today. I can talk. Great. Great podcasting (laughs) skills, Chelsea. Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me here. Yay. So I followed Mandy on Instagram for quite a while. I listened to her podcast and she's got some amazing tips and tricks, (laughs) that have really helped me. And I'm so excited, Mandy, to to hear more about your story, your health journey, and then here's some financial tips that you have for us and our listeners.
2: Absolutely. So I would just uh, love to start kind of sharing a little bit more about my story and talking about how deeply connected, how we feel about our finances, hugely affects our mental and our physical health. So I grew up in a family where we experienced quite a bit of financial scarcity. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. And on my mom's side, we have a very genetic heart condition. so growing up, my mom was always in and out of the hospital for surgeries and complications. And uh, so from a really young age, I knew that my parents weren't actually meant to be together. We knew that my mom was sticking it out because she kind of felt like she didn't really have a choice. Um, she didn't have the financial means to leave a situation that wasn't healthy for her. Um, there was four children, she really wasn't able to work growing up. she was, um, She was a stay at home mom. She did, you know, as much as she could on the farm, but she was constantly just going for surgeries and that made it difficult to, you know, have a job outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say like the connection between our mental, emotional health and stability to our financial situation is so much greater than I think a lot of people thought. I think since 2020, there's been a big light that has been shined on that. But previous to that, I think that it was something that a lot of people were kind of just ignorant about that. They just didn't really really realize the depth of this. So mm-hmm. what I grew up was seeing this ripple, this ripple effect that when someone's struggling with something so very deeply every single day, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Um, when you feel like you don't have any options, it really changes how you show up in your energy and a, as a person and how people experience you. So you can do your best to keep it to yourself and to not allow it to affect anyone, but it really does. It, it does affect your happiness and. So because my mom was going through such a deep internal struggle every single day in a situation that she didn't want to be in, um, but she was also a very strong woman. She didn't let us kids know how bad it was. And so what ended up happening was it really, really affected the relationship that I had with my mom. And so Mm -hmm. we did, we had a very strained relationship that affected us for years. And unfortunately I wasn't able to repair the hurt and the damage that had came between us um, before it was too late. That's something we always think we have is more time. And that is the one thing we can create more money, but we cannot create more time. So I use the experience of what I went through that was um, deeply heart shattering and that my siblings went through to really um, talk about money from a much deeper standpoint than numbers. Yes. I help people to pay off debt and save more money, But it's not just for the tangible reasons. For me, it comes down to very much so I really deeply care about people's mental and emotional health. And so from a young age growing up, I was like, I want to learn everything possible that I can about money because I knew I had to be the person in charge of my own financial situation, literally no matter what. So at age 11, I began my first business and that was back when it was like dial up internet. There were six people in our family. So you know how much time you got on the internet Um, and then my second business at 14 and I started financially supporting myself since then. And so from these experiences that I had growing up, I became really anxious around money. I think I had anxiety for a long time, but nobody talked about it back then. Like we just didn't think it was anxiety. It was just life. And so I brought my childhood into my adult life. So I became a power engineer. I was doing very well financially. I didn't have any debt. I was managing it really well, but I had this extreme anxiety around money. Mm -hmm. so what that led to was um i really struggled with my money mindset i was great on the tangible side and i started to get really sick in my early 20s because i was just deathly afraid to lose the money that i had built up and i was so scared to go back to that situation when i was younger and wondering like is there gonna be food is there not gonna be food like you know going back to your just your your basic human needs and so i was making good money in my career i did save two hundred and fifty thousand by the time i was 26 but I also had the most anxiety at that point in my life. And it it really just began to completely take over. So that really high stress, it led to first a ton of digestive issues on Mm -hmm. all ends of the spectrum. Um, then it turned into severe adrenal fatigue. Um, I started to have a lot of memory issues and I honest to God thought back then, is this, is this early onset Alzheimer's? That's really where I was at. I was looking for this external thing. Like, what is the diagnosis? What is this, this one thing that's causing all these issues in my life? And so at 26, I went for a brain scan because I just, I didn't know if my memory was going to get any better. That's how bad it got. And then on, on the side of going to work, it was really difficult because I was a power engineer. I was the only woman in my position at our job. And so, and one of the kind of the youngest people to, to do my job there. And so I felt this immense amount of pressure that I used to be really good at my job. And all of a sudden now things that used to be easy were hard. So I had my coveralls on and I carried these two notebooks in each, um, in each of my um, pockets. And I wrote down how to do all these tasks that I used to know how to do because I worked in a very safety sensitive position. So if I screwed up, someone could get hurt. So I wrote everything down to make sure. Uh, so everything I was doing, I was triple checking. Sometimes it almost felt a little bit like OCD sometimes because I was just so scared if I forgot something, if someone got hurt. So basically I had no confidence anymore, Mm -hmm. no self-esteem. And I really, I felt like an imposter because I was doing something that I used to be good at that I really struggled with. So it also affected me on going to work every single day. And so I I had so many of these struggles and it wasn't until I I left my career as a power engineer and I went back to school to study holistic nutrition because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And it was when I was at school, that I was watching this video and everything came together. I thought that I went there to learn about nutrition and we learned a lot about like the mental health aspect. And all of a sudden it was just like, boom, everything came together for me. And I'm like, this is the reason that you're so sick is because you haven't dealt with these wounds from childhood. You haven't dealt with the extreme scarcity. And the reason it was so tough for me was because I felt like if it was when I was younger and struggling, it was okay to have that stress because other people would be like, well, you don't have, you know, very much money. It makes sense. But because Mm -hmm. I was managing it well and I didn't have debt, I was just so, I felt so much shame then. I really felt a ton of shame because I thought, who could I possibly even open up to that would understand what I'm going through and not make me feel like I'm not worthy because I thought, well, if people have debt or if people are struggling with income coming in, it's that's okay. And people will understand that. But because I felt like my situation was so unique I was so scared someone was going to just say like, well, it's in your head, Mandy, you're just making this up. Like it was that my perception was so different than reality, but I hadn't, I hadn't worked on any of that. And nobody asked me, well, why is your stress so high? What is it that you're so deeply afraid of? We were looking for, we did you know, I spent over $30,000 trying to figure out my health. We did a lot of external tests. We were looking for everything outside of me when it was inside of me, that was what really honest to God needed to be worked through. And so I, I realized, holy crap, this is what I went through and how incredibly sick I got from a perceived financial situation, not from actually living paycheck to paycheck anymore. And that's how sick I got. So what about people who don't know how they're like to really manage their money and who are struggling more with it? Well, it has to be a lot worse. And that's where I went, okay, there's accountants to help you you know, with taxes and there's financial advisors to help you to invest. But what about all the daily money management skills. And then I knew deeply, I also wanted to speak to people from the anxiety standpoint around money and exactly the struggles I had that I felt like even a financial professional couldn't hold that space, wouldn't know how to help me through. So I firmly believe I went through all of these struggles because now it's a gift. When I talk to people about money, I can hold that space. I can talk to them about things um, that I, I have some clients that do incredibly well financially. And had those same struggles as me of like that extreme scarcity. They're still living every single day and they have a lot of money in the bank. So I really took all of that and I went, okay, I, I'm going to become a financial coach. It wasn't even really a thing back then. I feel like I was one of the people kind of, kind of the founding kind of on the forefront. And I went, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to help people. Nobody had a clue what it was. And I just started educating on it Um, because there's such a huge correlation to your actual health. Physical and mental to how you feel about your finances. So that's basically what led me to my business that I now run.
1: I love your story. And the thing that really stands out to me, Mandy, is the money mindset aspect because it doesn't, and I've, I've experienced it myself, it does not matter how much money you actually have in the bank. It's how you feel about the money that you have in the bank. And I know that there was a time where I was kind of stressed about, Oh, how am I going to pay all my bills? How's this going to happen? How's it supposed to work? And yeah, I'd wake up with anxiety kind of like every day. And by working on my money mindset, I was able to let go of that. And one interesting thing that I found is the more that I let go of my anxiety about money, the more money I seem to have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I still like am working through the process of figuring out how do I also manage it? And So I think it's interesting that you're sharing the experience of it. It doesn't always matter the number in your bank account. It's how you perceive it, how you look at it. And one question I have is what tips do you have for people who aren't able to work are kind of in your mom's situation where they're not able to work? They have a lot of financial scarcity. How do you go about the way is what would be the first step to just starting to allow yourself to feel safe financially since finances, in fact, every aspect of our lives.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to break this question down a little bit. So when we talk about like the safety aspect, one of the the first things is going through and processing the experiences that you've had. So I have two programs I work with clients on. One is called cashflow confidence. We're really diving into like the strategic, the tangibles, like the real implementation of managing their money. And then the other one's Unfuck your money. We don't do a spreadsheet. We don't dive in any of that. We're just hundred percent diving into like their money wounds basically. And so what I would say in the regards to the safety aspect is writing down like all the things that happened first, like one of the things that I've noticed that's the most healing, especially for women, when it comes to money and for men as well, is a lot of times we feel like we've struggled so much, but nobody's really understood how much of a struggle that is. So we just keep replaying it over and over, which that just fuels our anxiety So one of the things that, um, that I did in the beginning was I was really scared to do it. I was not a journaler ever growing up. And I was just scared to put words to paper in case anyone read them basically was what I was scared about. But once I did, oh my gosh, that was where like the, really the floodgates for the healing started of feeling safety was writing down, like, what have I actually been through and taking note of that? And, um, something that I have my clients do is we go through and we have like awareness of like, what are your wounds? What have you been through? So basically like talking out loud about them and then tapping on them after. So that's something that I use with my clients is, is tapping. So emotional freedom technique. And what I find is when you take kind of a two prong approach to it that way, You feel heard and understood finally. So I tell my clients, like, say the stuff that's been in you for decades, you've never felt like it's a safe space. So that's something anyone listening to the podcast right now is it is so incredibly healing for it to actually hit your vocal cords for so many of us. We have a lot of like some people have a lot of throat problems because we're not voicing what's really going on deep down inside. We're just trying to like keep that bottled up. So go through and say like it has been a struggle it is really tough with you know my health is struggling my finances are struggling get it out because we it means a lot less to us afterwards we don't store it in ourselves as much like so get it out like by actual uh vocalizing it and then from there like you can tap on it if you you can just like look up tapping on youtube and there's eight different points it basically works on acupuncture and what we need to do is calm your nervous system. I'm talking to clients about that all the time. When we are in like fight or flight, which is a lot of times happening, if our health is struggling and our finances are struggling, so it's kind of a a double hit there, calm your nervous system so then you can actually dive into the tangibles. Because sometimes you may know what you need to do, but we're, we're so anxious and nervous and our nervous system feels so triggered, we actually can't do those things. So that's the first thing is making it easier to do it. So for example, um, we avoid our money when it doesn't feel good. A lot of my clients come to me and they've really been avoiding it. So we can't just dive into the tangibles because they have to even look at it in the first place to even do those things. So let's calm you down. Let's have you tap on it. Another thing that I tell clients is, and I take a very different approach to this than a lot of other people, like, there's a lot of people that talk about money mindset and manifesting. And I really don't even like using the word money mindset anymore. I really like talk about like the deep inner wounds that we have. And w- another thing is tapping on it. So you're working through, but think about kind of all the emotions. So I take my clients through the sessions. We go through all the emotions. We don't start talking about affirmations um, and how we want things to feel right away. We go through and we do all of like the negative stuff first, get that all out. So then we can feel heard and understood in our struggles. and then we can accept. Okay. Talking about the positives and how we want things to feel. So I think that's one of the biggest things is so many people feel like it just needs to always be positive. It doesn't, I actually find in a healing journey us going through and talking about the shadow side, super helpful. Um, the other thing is I love clients to process on a physical level. So tapping is great, but what I've also found is taking a ball, uh, something that is, um, that balances well. And for example, like if you have a basement or somewhere, throwing it kind of up against um, by your baseboards or the kind of right close by your, um, by your wall and having it bounce back to you. And as you do that, so you're physically moving it and then thinking about the, the the struggles that you're going through, the things that are really frustrating to you for health, for finances and saying those out loud. So instead of tapping, you can actually just use the ball and you're physically releasing. And I love this for anger, resentment, bitterness. That was what I struggled with for so long was, Um, one of my coaches said to me one time, Mandy, I think you have a lot of anger deep down inside. And I, and I sat back and I was very confused. And I said, I honestly don't think I do. I said, I don't get mad very often. And she's like, that's exactly the point. And it made so much sense Mm -hmm. after she said that was from childhood, you know, like it was upsetting the scarcity, you know, all, all the things that I'd been through and it was really upsetting my health struggles. And we, especially as women, a big thing that affects depression is suppressed anger. So that's another thing is going through and saying like, you know what, I'm pissed off about this and I'm upset Mm -hmm. about this. And sometimes some women resonate with anger. A lot of other women don't. Anger, that word didn't resonate with me. But frustration, bitterness, resentment, those were like hitting the nails on the head. And so going through and working those and getting them out of your body is incredibly helpful to then after you felt like you've kind of started to allow the emotions to come out to actually feel upset about your situation, then you can actually dive into the tangible. So that's a big thing is we can talk about tangibles all day long, but if we don't emotionally feel like we have a way to move what we're actually feeling through our body, it doesn't really matter what someone tells us to do because we either just kind of feel like, Oh, low energy or crappy or avoidance. So that's what I would say. First and foremost, Whatever it is you're feeling, process that, get that out of your body because then you can take the tangibles and you can actually implement them. And this is something that I just wish that I knew way earlier on my journey. So I tell all my clients uh, about this early on. I even actually, to physically show them I do this, sometimes I'll show it on my Instagram, me doing this, just a little time-lapse video of it. And then other times I will actually, in a session, have go downstairs, set up my laptop and do it there. And I will show them that I actually do it so women can basically see me modeling it and then be more apt to do it. You can mm-hmm. also box, um, use battle ropes, but don't do it in a gym setting. Do it in a setting where you can really be focused on what that is that's going on, that's frustrating you, and you can process it through your body. So that's what I would say: is is first moving through the the energy, and then also just writing down like your money story, what you've been through, and really just having recognition, and then just starting to tap back into that safety in your own body. That's what. That's something that it's very much so a consistent practice that we have to keep doing. I had to go, okay, so I actually like clients going to worst case scenario. So I know for me with my anxiety, what I was so scared of happening was, okay, so I lose my job. I go through all my savings, all my investments. Um, Now we don't have a house anymore. I'm out on the street. There's no food and I starve to death. Like I I went down that rabbit hole and Mm -hmm. I like clients doing this because actually then we can start to pick it apart and go, okay, you know what? let's say that I do lose the house. I can move in with the family member. I have multiple family members that would take me in. Um, If there was no food, I could go to the food bank. That Mm -hmm. is something that I could do. And then I started to see, okay, you know what those basic needs that I'm really afraid I will not have, there are things in place and it just makes it so you can just kind of make it so your anxiety, you can take yourself down a notch and it's easier to talk yourself out of that. So that's another thing that I love clients because what, whatever that is, so figuring out wh- what aspects of the, the safety that you feel like you don't have and really just writing down, like, what are your biggest fears? Like, really get clarity on that. I, I did that last night with the women on side of, um, inside of Unfuck Your Money, and one of the women said, like, I'm f- afraid of failure. What specifically does failure look like to you? Really get that down so then you can pick it apart and go to that worst case scenario because until we have clarity in what we're most afraid of, it's really hard to process it. So just allow yourself space to go, okay, you know, I'm feeling really uncomfortable and I don't know what it is. And just asking yourself, allowing that feeling to come up and then you can work through it more easily from there.
1: Mm -hmm. I think those are some really good tips to process the emotions behind it, because if you process the emotions, you're already going to start to feel better about whatever situation that you're in, which again, makes your mind clearer to actually take action to do what you need to do. I like that. Absolutely.
0: I know I have found so much of what you've said really interesting. I think, I think there's so much, um, cause I even hear my, mon- my money mindset, uh, wheels in my head turning where I'm like, you know, and this is, I think this, so much of the issue with so many people and Chelsea and I talk about it often is. You know that your mindset has a lot to do with it, but you also have that voice in the back of your head. That's like, okay, but practically how much money am I actually bringing in? So how much can I actually save or, you know, do this or that. And so for our audience being chronically ill and maybe some of them, or most of our audience being chronically ill. And so maybe some of them, yeah, just like you were saying the situation with your mom, it's hard to bring in money they might be on assistance. And so I definitely feel like we could have a lot of people listening who are like, okay, you know, money mindsets great, but what about like the practicalities of how much money I can bring in? Um, I'm curious what your response to that is, because there's the part of me that knows like, this is why you need money mindset work, (laughs) but also, you know, can you, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm sure that you interact or, um, encounter that with a lot of your clients kind of saying the same thing. Well, I have a fixed income of, you know, only $1,800 a month. How can I live on $1,800 a month or save, or, you know, do this, that, um, what do you, yeah. What are your
2: thoughts? (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes into regards to that, make sure first, you really know how much is coming in. Cause sometimes when I work with clients, they're actually not hundred percent sure what their income is sometimes. So first and foremost, know what that looks like. Second of all, really sit down and figure out like, yes, it's going to sound so redundant, but figure out basically like, what does your budget look like? And don't just go bare minimum for everything. Make sure that you're actually putting enough for, for groceries. Maybe your supplements are more than what other people would pay. I know, for example, when I was struggling with my health, with my health the most, my supplements and my, my, there was a lot of stuff that so I live in Canada. So a lot of our healthcare is covered, but a lot of the stuff that I was doing was not covered. It was all external mm-hmm. things. So I had to take that into account as well. So I knew during those times I was not saving as much. Um, so that's also something to know. I tell clients like, look at the seasons of your life. No, maybe right now on a fixed income, you probably won't be able to save a ton. You'll probably mm-hmm. have most of it going towards just your basic cost of living and then whatever you can put towards your health. And to just know like, That is the focus of your life at that time is focusing on your health and you can save more and do other things in the future. So that's one thing is just kind of letting go of that guilt of like, well, maybe I'm not paying off my debt right now. Maybe you're only doing minimum payments to your debt. Maybe you're not putting extra towards saving and then really figure out what that looks like for your actual true cost of living. And then the the next thing is try as much as possible to kind of track and make adjustments track. You can track all day long, but if you don't make any changes, it's not going to change anything in the future. So when it comes to your day-to-day expenses, those are the biggest ones that we all do have the most control, but they are also kind of the most difficult because you need to consistently choose to, to stick within those numbers and to be intentional. So those ones, I mean, are like groceries, eating out, gas, household items, miscellaneous, really being careful about those types of items. So what I have my clients do is I'll have them track groceries and then their other stuff separately. So for example, let's say that you go to um, wherever you get your groceries at, but you also get like some toiletry items and some other things. I'll have you just put, do two transactions, put your groceries through first, pay for them, and then put your other items through so you can track what actually are your grocery costs. Because what's happening for most people is You just think groceries are super inflated because there's also a lot of other stuff in there too. So that's what I have clients do. And what you can literally do is just use the notes app, do it per pay period. So let's say if you're getting, if you get paid every two weeks or if you get paid weekly, whatever that is for your particular paycheck, figure out what that monthly amount you'd like to stick in for groceries, break it up per pay period. I always have my clients do every single thing per pay period. So you could put in the notes section, whatever that amount is. And then put your kind of couple grocery trips, just put the date, put the amount. And then you can see like, how close am I sticking to it? Um, That's just an easy way. I have a specific way on a spreadsheet, my clients do it. But for anyone listening who doesn't, you know, obviously have that spreadsheet, just use the notes app on your phone. Mm -hmm. Really, really helpful there. So that's one of the things is knowing that that is the biggest one within our control to go ahead and to tighten up. The other thing is, depending if you have maybe a, a tiny bit more income coming in, what I will also have my clients do is save for upcoming expenses, like already looking ahead. So whenever I work with a client, we're already looking six months and 12 months ahead. What, what may be coming up in the pipeline? So for example, maybe there's some, some health tests Mm -hmm. that you want, or there's uh, a specific person that you want to see for your health. And you're like, Oh, I really want to have the money saved. Literally open up a separate savings account that says, you know, health savings or whatever you want to call it and put a little bit aside per paycheck. So when that comes, You can already cover that. So that's a huge thing I talk to my clients about. I call them, you know, your savings buckets and they have them for different areas of their life, travel, pets, clothes, et cetera. Now, the other thing is you probably won't be able to do that right off the bat, depending on, you know, where where your health is at, the person that's listening right now. But know that that's something that you can work towards in the future, that maybe the first, you're just gonna add one extra savings account that's just for health. And maybe you're putting, maybe it's just for, 25 per paycheck. Maybe it's 50 a month, whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like, but you can help to prepare yourself. So maybe some of those future health costs, you already have a little bit saved for them. Um, and set that aside basically per paycheck. So that's a huge thing. I tell my clients don't budget for the month budget based on whatever your particular paychecks are, um, goals a much longer ways because we typically actually manage our money a lot better than if we just think of it from a monthly perspective. It's so funny. A month passes by so quickly. Like in, in our day-to-day life, but in our money, it doesn't pass by as quickly. Um, and if we, and, and our, we don't just get paid and boom, all our bills come out. That's not how life works. And when people teach you to budget that way, it doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. The other thing is anything that you can automate for having it come out of your account or anything like that, go ahead and do that because we want to use your, especially when you're struggling with your health, you have very limited bandwidth. We want to use that bandwidth for the most important things. So if you can put anything to come out automatically out of your account, or let's say, for example, if Mm -hmm. you have expenses on your credit card that are small amounts that recur every single month, same date, same time, same amount, go ahead and set up a recurring payment from your checking account to already pay those every month for you. So you don't have to do that. Like make it as automated as possible. The other thing is, let's say that you are using a credit card try and pay it off basically after every new charge because it's a lot easier when we're just paying off small amounts versus at the end of the month, a statement comes in, it feels a lot bigger. It's a really big chunk of cash. All of a sudden it gets removed from our checking account. It's really stressful like that itself is a hit on your nervous system that's really triggering. So, I tell all of my clients like at least once a week be paying off your credit card if you're actively using it. I pay it off after every single charge. I try and yeah. show it as much as possible as I can on my Instagram stories to show people a hey, I practice what I preach and it's so quick and it also in- improves your credit score as well. So, that's just uh, another tip when it comes kind of to the tangible side. Um, The other thing is, let's say, for example, you have a fixed income right now, but you are looking to take on more work in whatever way that is. Sit down and get these numbers of, okay, what are your basic costs of living? What would you like to have in that health savings account? So then you at least have a goal for how much extra income you want to make. That's a huge thing So many people feel like I I just need to make more money, but no idea what that is. Is that 250 for you? Is that what would make the difference? Is it 500? Is it a thousand? Like get specific on that number? Because when it just feels like, oh my God, I don't have enough income. I need to make more money. That feels very overwhelming. We don't really take action on that. But if you break it down into, okay, you know, $660 or $330, that's what would make the difference for me. It's so much easier than to start looking for specific opportunities in regards to that, because now you really have a very firm goal, but you also know what that means. It means that $200 a month would go to your health savings account or whatever that looks like. Like it actually means something now, instead of just thinking, I just simply need to, to make more money.
1: Mm-hmm. I know one of the tips that you shared was your savings buckets, and that was a truly game changer when it came to my finances, and I think I, I heard you talk about it, but then I listened to one of your podcast episodes and I was like, oh, I'm just going to start doing this. And before I'd be like, oh, I pay my car insurance every six months and that bill would come up and I'd be like, shit, <laughs> there goes a chunk of my savings. I was so happy my savings account was growing and now it's gone. But being able to just to figure out, OK, what actually is it every single month and then saving it. It's made me more clear on how much money I truly have left over after all my expenses every single month, because I'm covering for those things I know that are coming in the future. And I don't feel the same stress. And we, Cassie and I have talked about on the show quite a bit about how much stress can negatively impact your health. And so I, I think that that, that was one that made a big difference for me that dropped my stress down quite a bit. And I think the other tip that I really liked that you shared was really getting clear on What your bare minimum have to have? This expenses are, and then having like, okay, well then the next thing I would really like is to have this much for this, and then I really like to have this much for this because I do think it helps to get specific on, okay, yeah, maybe you've got eighteen hundred dollars coming in every single month. You know that that can cover your groceries, it can cover your other expenses. Maybe it covers some of your supplements or some of the medical bills that you have. If you make an extra. $200 through some sort of side hustle. It makes what specific difference in your life. I think that that's also really important to get clear because then it helps you like when you're chronically ill, you only have so much energy. So you get to use it very, very intentionally. I like those a lot.
0: Hi y'all. We're here to tell you about Vessel Oils CBD products. We freaking love them. I have been using them for years and was thrilled to become an ambassador for their company to offer you 10% off using the code SPOONIESUNITE, all caps. They have CBD gummies. They have tinctures. They have face masks. They have bath bombs. They've got all the good stuff. It's great. It's awesome. It's full spectrum. They also have CBN and CBG, which is basically this new CBD specialized CBN is specialized for sleep. CBG is scientifically proven to help gut inflammatory disease. So I am taking the tincture every single day to help my Crohn's. I love the gummies to help with my nausea, especially And I love the gummies and the CBN to help with my sleep. I'm literally consuming CBD basically all day and all night. And I'm all about it. And I have had such great symptom relief when I did not think that was possible. Give them a try. There's so many CBD companies out there that don't work. And it's a freaking waste of your money. And it is so annoying. This is not one of those companies, which is why we are repping them. So again, Vesseloils.com, V-E-S-L-O-I-L-S.com. Spoonies Unite, all caps, for 10% off.
2: Absolutely. And when it comes to your savings buckets, one thing that I'll tell every single one of my clients is, so we're talking about all the savings buckets you can have, but that does not mean that you have to be able to fill all of them right off the bat. So it is a huge success if you open one extra savings account You're putting money into that. And then maybe later on you just open a second one and you put into that. And even let's say if that second savings buckets, you'd love, you'd love to put in a hundred dollars a month. Maybe you can only do 75 bucks a month right now. Amazing. Celebrate that. So every Mm -hmm. single thing that you do, that's tangible. And on the emotional side, a huge thing I tell women is to celebrate that because especially when you're really struggling with Mm -hmm. your health, like your energy is just lower. You really, it's really easy to just kind of get stuck in that mode. That doesn't feel very good. So I'm constantly telling my clients, celebrate the fact that you even opened up that savings bucket. Cause I have some people that have followed me for two years and they've been hearing me talk about that all the time. Then they come to work with me and they haven't opened up any of them, but they're like, Oh, I I love listening to everything. So when you actually take action, celebrate that. And that is something that makes such a huge difference, just as you've mentioned, And clients tell me that all the time that their stress when it comes to their money is significantly reduced when they actually have money set aside for those types of things. So don't, um, don't take them lightly. And that's the other thing is maybe you're not able to put money into all those right now, all those savings buckets. But if you get an idea of what you would like to do, that's great. That gives you that income amount of what you want to aim towards. And then you can always keep stepping it up. So for example, sometimes when I'm working with clients, let's say they're paying off a whole bunch of debt, Maybe we're not putting a whole bunch to travel. Maybe we're just putting a small amount towards it. But as that debt comes down, then they will bump that savings account up, what they're putting towards it. So that's just something to keep in mind too, is this is all just like a journey of taking steps, but you Mm -hmm. have to take that first step. Even if it feels so small and insignificant, A, you're starting it as a habit that you're putting money into that account, even if it's a small amount, and then you can just build on it, but you, you have to start small. Um, and if there's anything that you can automate that you're not thinking about manually paying every single month, that's huge because then also you're not accidentally missing a payment, having that hit your, um, you know, go for your credit score. And then also feeling bad about that. For example,
0: you have so many good tips. It's like amazing. And I love how strategic and like organized you are with all of your tips. Like they're clear if that makes sense, you know, because when I think someone's trying to sort out their finances or budgeting, it is overwhelming and hard to figure out where to start. And, um, you're laying everything out in a way that feels like, oh yeah, I can do that. You know? And I think, um, there's really something to be said, like you said about, uh, knowing how much you're bringing in and knowing how much is going out every month. Like, as you're talking, I'm like, you know, Chelsea and I have done a lot of like money mindset stuff with each other. Um, and so, but it's been like six or eight months since I sat down and I know exactly how much I have coming in and exactly how much is going out, you know, with all the little subscriptions and stuff like that. And then I just found out this week, for example, that my stepdad had like, uh signed up for a bunch of the seven-day free trial like channels on the Amazon Fire stick. Oh no. Yeah. I got I I had seen an email here and there about it. Like your free trial for some random ass TV app, like to be TV app or something, has started, you know, and I'm like, this has to be a scam. This isn't correct, you know. And the Amazon email didn't even look like a regular Amazon email. Well then the other day I was looking at and I saw there was a couple and I was like maybe these are real. And I went in and looked at my like subscription channel things on Amazon and this is going to sound absolutely horrible, but it was like a bunch of them were renewing, um, the very beginning of August, like first or second week of August, like seven channels and they ranging from like 499 to like 1499 a month. And I looked at it
1: quick. Yeah, it
0: does. I looked at it and I was like, that's, there's probably, you know, 40 to $60 a month in TV channels that my son that doesn't know that he just signed up for on my account. And I don't even know how many months they've been going. And I definitely sat there like, that's bad. Like I order enough stuff on Amazon to not know if there's a weird Amazon payment, not okay. (laughs) And Anyway, so that was kind of an awakening moment. So I was super excited to get you on the podcast too. Cause I was like, oh my God, I have not done a good job with like tracking my finances again. I've kind of been like just whatever. Um, and so there's a lot to be said for sitting down, seeing exactly how much you have coming in exactly how much you have going out. Um, so do you have a recommendation for, I know that you can see those like apps that tell you how many subscriptions you have and stuff. Um, Do you recommend anything like that or like those apps like Mint to tell you, you know, how much you're spending and for budgeting? Do you like a lot of that or do you prefer more of like the spreadsheet or notes on your phone?
2: Yeah, so I've definitely done quite a few different things over the years and how I like to do it now is with spreadsheets because we can really optimize and see when I work with my clients, we're not just looking at like each, each month as it's, you know, individually we're looking at all the months, how they are individual, but they flow together and affect one another. But when you're on your journey of really struggling with your health, that is, that takes more energy to do that. So I'm not a huge fan of, of mint. I have used it in the past, but, If you're really limited on bandwidth, that can be a great starting place for you to just get going. So that's Mm -hmm. something that I would recommend in this particular case. Um, One other thing I just wanted to say, if the person, if you're listening and you get paid on very specific days a month, and what I mean by is not bi-weekly where it's every Thursday and it's constantly a different actual day, but let's say you're paid on the 1st and the 15th or whatever that looks like. When you're paid on very specific days, there's something really amazing that you can do in this regard. And what you can do is first sit down and write down what specific day your expenses either come out of your account or are due if you're paying them manually list them from basically you know start from kind of the first to the you know the 30th of the month 31st of the month and see like when do they come out and what you can actually do is change the date for your fixed expenses so have them come out the day after you've been paid what we want to do is we want to make it so as soon as you've been paid we're getting the money out right away that needs to go out. Cause what's actually really stressful is if let's say you get paid on the first and you have expenses coming out on the 12th and the 13th, mm-hmm. well, you have the literally the least amount in your account and you're thinking for kind of two weeks, Oh my gosh, I have to be careful with my spending because I've got these expenses. So one of the easiest things, anytime that I have clients that are paid on set days, I'll have them change them um, to really right after they've been paid makes a huge huge difference the other thing is um working towards making it the goal to transfer money into whatever savings buckets you set up on those same days so let's say for example always doing kind of the day after you've been paid if you wait until the end of your paycheck it can almost guarantee there will be nothing left so that's what i always i do personally i have my clients do it makes such a huge difference so the more organized you are honestly the easier it is for this process Um, the other thing is to kind of sit down and anything that renews yearly or is a yearly expense write down, like literally put it list. What month does that renew? So, you know, like how many months until that's upcoming? So you can have a list. So, you know, cause a lot of times it's like mentally in our head, that is really stressful. So get that down on paper makes a huge difference. I have a spreadsheet that I can, um, we can include in the, the show notes if you would like, it's basically my, my freebie you can sign up for. And what it does is it walks you through figuring out basically what actually would your expenses be. And so what it does is it has them in three different three different types of expenses I talk about. So fixed expenses, that's the one that most people are pretty good at. It's the same amount, same day, pretty much every single month recurring, you know, things like car insurance, you know, um, rent, mortgage, et cetera, stuff like that. Then there's your day-to-day expenses. Those are your groceries, eating out gas. Those ones are actually pretty stressful for us because we have them all the time, but we really kind of have no idea what we're spending there. And then the third one is our non-recurring and random expenses those are kind of like our surprise or random expenses so those are the things like you know um vehicle repairs home repairs if you're a homeowner, travel clothing that sort of thing those are all the ones that we do the savings buckets for so that spreadsheet actually has them all broken up individually and what you can do is if you want to download that you can literally just put you can duplicate that and put your bare bones one, and then you can duplicate it and you can add your next maybe savings bucket or whatever that looks like. And you can duplicate that quite a few times. So you can see basically the different steps of how much income, what exactly would you be able to do at that income amount? Incredibly helpful. I have clients do that mm-hmm. all the time. So that's something huh. that, that we can include in here. If you would, if you would like. Yeah, we'll definitely We'd love
1: that. We'll include that the show notes. So we're, however you're listening to this, swipe up, down, left, right, whatever. All the apps are different anymore, but you'll be able to find that link. That's so, so helpful, Mandy. So from this, what I'm thinking is really first step, get through of the emotions that you were holding on to your finances, Mm -hmm. move those feelings through. So that way you can approach your finances and do those tangible steps without attaching the unneeded emotions to it. You can think with a clear head and you can Approach it because money is numbers. It's kind of a logical thing most of the time, but we just attach a lot of emotion to it. So Mm -hmm. get those emotions out. I think you gave some great tips for being able to start processing those with the tapping, throwing the ball, and then start looking at what you bring in, what your expenses are, what would be the next level, the next level, the next level, and then start setting some goals for increasing that. I guess one last question I have is do you have any tips or businesses that your clients have kind of started on the side that have been able to help them increase their income with a lower amount of energy or having flexibility, depending on how your health, because I know you can't just wave a magic wand and have money show up to you. I mean, if mm-hmm. you could, that would be, that'd be great, but that's not possible. And all, um, all endeavors take energy. Um, but, or maybe there's some that you've found your clients to be more successful with that are maybe easier to get started that our listeners could, could try out.
2: Yeah. Typically the go-to one that I recommend is virtual assistant. So I actually have multiple ones in my business and then it's something that I've told lots of clients and they have done. So that's where I just say write down the list of things that are skills that you can already monetize things that you're already good at a lot. of There are so many entrepreneurs that, hire VAs all the time mm-hmm. because they don't want to do the admin work in their business. They want to do whatever their actual business is, whether it's coaching or whatever service they provide. So you can write down, maybe you can literally just manage someone's email, you know, a few hours a week. That's something, you know, that you could do. Maybe it's, Um, you know, simple kind of things like that. I'll tell clients. So I typically tell you to write two lists. What are things that you're not good at, or you don't like, or you don't want to do getting really clear on that. So if someone was to ask you, you're like, no, like that's basically like non-negotiable. I don't want to do that. But write down, like, what are the things that basically there's a lot of skills that a lot of women already have that they don't even really realize that there's people out there that will absolutely pay someone else for that. So there's things that I do all the time that yes, I'm hundred percent capable of, but I only have so much bandwidth just like everyone else. And I want to, I want to coach and I want to do all the fun Mm -hmm. stuff. I don't want to do the other stuff behind the scenes. So writing down, like, what are those things you can do? And then simply just start asking around whether you post that on your Facebook, on your Instagram, um, reach out to other entrepreneurs, even if it's like, maybe you're not in an entrepreneurial community, literally reach out to in-person businesses. So I'm a part of Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in the online space, but also in my, uh, in my community, and what I've found is in our community, there's a lot of women that maybe they're not as much on social media, like they are, but not as deep. And they will ask all the time, like, where can I find a good virtual assistant? And so that's where there's a lot of times that for a local business, that you can totally do work for them. And the great part about it is that's where you can get a lot of that flexibility. So for example, the women that are in my business that I work with, I'm just like, okay, so, you know, I typically give them a week or something to do something and that's something you'd obviously have a conversation around someone that you're working with. But I say, I don't care if you do this in the middle of the night, I don't need next day turnaround. I've set my business up um, that way where, you know, I I give them good amount of time. And um, so I say like, whenever feels good to you, Here you go. Just as long as like you're organized, you have good communication skills, but I come from being really sick in the past. So that's why another reason why I don't have quick turnaround times because I know that, well, what if their mental health is struggling a little bit? Mm -hmm. I want them to have that flexibility. So that's just something, you know, you can have a conversation around, but I am huge on the virtual assistant because you, it does not take a lot of resources getting up and going, but it's something that you literally already have the skills. You just don't realize that other people, you can totally monetize that. And what I would suggest is just working with just one person And, uh, and you know, getting good at it and you can kind of take more hours with them as it feels good, but that's something you can absolutely do. Another thing is like literally why not reach out to someone who is a health person on Instagram that maybe they have a bigger account or that sort of thing. And maybe you could literally work with someone who's already kind of in that similar space. Um, for example, uh, that's the type of person that I would want to work with because they already really deeply understand those, you know, those struggles and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it would feel like it would be very within my values to hire someone like that. So that's another thing is you can reach out to local people. You can also mm-hmm. literally just reach out to other people in um, the Instagram in DMS and just start seeing if there's, you know, anyone that, uh, that could use some of the assistance, and they also have like that similar values and perspective um, because you're not just kind of a random person. You're someone who maybe also struggles with the same thing that they coach their clients
0: on. Yeah. Yeah. Even just engagement, you know, if you're feeling intimidated with like virtual assistant duties or whatever, what those could involve or tasks. um, If that feels overwhelming and you don't know where to start, social media engagement is a big thing. And if you, just like you said, if you, um, are in that field or have a similar thing, it's going to be so easy to reach out to people like that. And you can easily engage, you know, mm-hmm. for someone's account. And that's, um
1: that's worth it to people when they have limited time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Well, Mandy, this conversation has been really helpful. I think that you just have a really great way of not only approaching the tangible tips that are important with money, but also going to that deeper, deeper level with the emotional connection that we have to it. So I hope people listening had just some money breakthroughs in some way or another and had some good reminders of maybe some things that did in the past that they're not doing right now. Like Cassie, um, I definitely had some reminders of like, Oh yeah. Like I could take that to the next level. Okay. I'm going to start making better goals of what that would mean if I made a little bit more. And so thank you so, so much. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to learn a little bit more about you and work with you? Absolutely.
2: So I'm most active on Instagram. I'm at intentionally wealthy co you can find me there. I share a ton of stuff on my Instagram stories. And then my podcast, the thing that when I created the podcast, I also thought about when I was not feeling very well and how I digested information the best. So all the episodes are really short. Honestly, they're between about 12 and 25 minutes. I think 25 minutes is typically about like the longest one that I have on there. So it's just intentionally wealthy. You can find that kind of on, on all the platforms. And I really only talk about one thing per episode. So it's really easy. So it's either one really strategic, tangible thing, or it's one thing really on the emotional side. So that's the one thing I think that's um, unique about my podcast is I really talk about it from the very strategic, breaking it down, mm-hmm. but then also really diving into those money wounds. And what does that look like talking about, you know, your family money paradigm and, and how you grew up and how do you even start processing that? So uh, that's what I love is really sharing both sides of the spectrum. Cause I feel like the the emotional and the behavioral side, there's a lot of people that really don't understand that very well because they haven't been through that. So you can um, learn more about that on the podcast as well.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mandy, for taking time out of your busy schedule to ta- talk with us. We, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again more in the future. So okay. thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Because you're listening to our podcast, I'm assuming that you at least semi-enjoy listening to Cassie and I banter back and forth and talk to our guests. But if you want to like actually talk to us on a daily basis, along with all of our other very fun friends in our wellness hub community, you should come join. We talk about all the things real life, just like on our podcast. We do not have any boundaries inside of the hub. It is a place where you get support from people that get it in a uplifting way. You can bitch, whine, and complain about anything going on in your life, but also get celebrated for the things that are going well. It's a well-rounded community and we would love to have you be
0: a part of it. You can meet and connect with people who are going through what you are and have similar interests and who want to freaking live the life of their dreams. You can join us and feel understood in a safe place and get support in pursuing your dream life. You can hop on our live workshops and participate in themed discussions and, of course, access all of our archives of classes, workshops, and resources such as flare friendly dances and all sorts of other stuff about gut health, all the great stuff. We have it all here in one place. It is brand new. It is revamped. It is one of the things that we are like so excited about right now, and we really want to have you there. There are two price options to choose from buy one, give one for a scholarship option. So check it out. All the links are in the show notes, or you can DM us on the Instagrams if you have any further questions and we'll show you how awesome our community is. Yeah, come hang out. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you love this podcast and want to show your support, please leave a review, share the podcast with others, or join us in the Wellness Hub community. These little things really do help to get our podcast out there to
1: others. If you'd like to connect with Cassie and I, you can find us on Instagram at the Real Wellness Hub or on our website, mywellnesshub.co for all sorts of resources and to find our Wellness Hub community.